1: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Roker Report podcast in association with the brilliant Sunderland Community Soup Kitchen. Today I am joined by
0: Chris Wynn once again. How are you doing Chris? Hi, I'm not bad mate. I had a, I had a dip in the sea this afternoon so I'm refreshed. Oh, rather you and me. Even <laughs> um, at this time of year it's still freezing like. so. It was like it was friggin' freezing. I was I was gonna ask how was the market today? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. So that anybody listening who didn't see our social media today, the the soup kitchen ran the first uh, Sunderland community market, which is going to be running first Sunday of every month, Um, right opposite there, building at Albert's Place in the town. Um, And it was great. There was probably 20 stalls there, so for the first, first ever attempt to have 20 different market outlets there was brilliant. People selling all kinds of things. I think I spent about 40 quid just on... <laughs> bits and pieces really but I love market to me anyways yeah. but not brilliant and it was good to see Andrea again she's the one person I know if she's got an idea in her head she'll get it done and uh, I think the market just started as an idea in her head and there we go it's off and running so no it was great also here yeah, today it's been very quiet in this first couple of minutes And Watson how I'm alright
2: I just uh, like listening uh, to about your market and all and you seem really <laughs> excited about it so it's, it's all good for the community well I've got it?
1: it see what it is I've got a curry pie and a, um, a slice of cookie dough cake in the fridge for we'll me make tea the <laughs> so I'm yeah I'm just going to rattle through this
0: podcast and, you know get on the munch but the line for Sean is just Gav saying I love markets mate <laughs> 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 to be fair I was at
1: time Mouth time Market last weekend and the Quayside Market right Market Nuns love it Take your dog in, you see. That's why. That's why I like it. I'm just imagining Twitter now. But anyways, we're not here <laughs> to talk about. what We've already yapped on too much about anything but the football. You think there was nothing to talk about? But yeah, <laughs> Sunderland. Then um, let's get back to it. Sunderland beat Hull on Friday night. Last game of pre-season. Chris, the team news beforehand was a bit surprising. The Lee Johnson wasn't there. I think um, I don't know which players were affected by the. Stomach bug that apparently went round the squad, but with a, obviously Pritchard wasn't there because of his COVID complications. Then we had no Burge, no Wright, no McGeady. We had no Benji Kimpioka. It was
0: a funny old squad we had out, wasn't it? But we got the job done. That's the main thing. It was. Uh, they all had the shit, didn't they? Right. It was. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it's funny. All all of those you mentioned. It's like uh, how many of those would have one hundred percent have been in the team. Mm. I mean, yeah,
1: well, well, you see, I don't know, mate, I, I, Pritchard, obviously, we can disregard him at the minute, yeah. but Burge probably would have started right, I think, Maybe. Um, is an interesting one. McGeady, yeah, if I if I remember rightly, isn't McGeady out because yeah. of some he had sort ten- of knee issue, maybe? Uh, he's had an injection yeah. in his knee or so, something,
2: something like that, yeah.
1: I yeah, so m- maybe they're just saving him for, for the first game, I don't know, but it was good to see, anyways, that... Even with, with that little spanner thrown in the works We, we just cracked on That's sort of been the, the theme of pre-season hasn't it And I wrote about this on the site last week Even with all the fuss going on off the pitch With fans worried about this that and the other On the pitch I think we've actually just cracked on And, and done alright And I think beating the Championship side Although it's Hull I know they've just gone up But still the Championship side is pleasing isn't it
2: course yeah I mean like you've, you've got to look at pre-season being on, on a results basis a success you know we, I don't think we've lost have we so with um you know it's unbeaten it, it breeds no. confidence with we're having a look it's obviously Elliot like Emotlin shone again on uh on Friday night so it can only be can only be a good thing of going into Saturday now full of beans to be honest obviously there's a, a few things that we need to you know sort out obviously not having to recognize full backs a little bit of a worry but Winchester's done well. I thought you played well on Friday night. So yeah, it's 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 different football as well, though, isn't it? We're seeing we're not just lumping the ball up with a strike. We're actually trying to play a bit of football through in the middle. It's it's really really pleasing to be honest. But we do need to bring a few players in, I think. But well, we'll just leave Johnson with that, I think.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll touch on that in a bit. But one point you made there about Elliot Embleton, if Pritchard had been available, Chris, he probably would have played in that position in pre-season that Embleton sort of occupied. But, you know, Embleton seems to have benefited from, from the fact he's not been there. He's played pretty consistently as a 10. And, I mean, that pass for the goal to Ross Stewart is a big marker for me. I mean, that shows exactly what he's going to be capable of if if he gets a run of games in, in the league. And I think he will because
0: Pritchard's so far behind. I mean, Lee Johnson said, though, in his comments, I can't remember after which game, might have been after the last one against Harrogate, I uh, can't remember I'll try me I can't remember but he he said at one point he said well he's looking for two senior players for each position and if you're talking yeah. about that that one behind the front two I mean look at the form of Embleton and uh, we've got Pritchard with with you know his experience of what 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 he's done in the game um hopefully hopefully we'll get the the good the good part of Pritchard that that we're seeing kind of when he made 10 million plus moves a few years ago um but you know, if we've got those two as a choice in that position um, then, I mean that, that that's fantastic going into the season. But it also gives us the flexibility if we if we play three in midfield. You know, you know some of these games at home. I remember Parkinson, everyone screaming when we were playing these home games when we were struggling to break teams down. Now in, in these games where we play the lo- the lower league sides, you know the teams that are going to finish in the bottom half of League One at home, and we can't break them down. Now if you end up playing with a three in midfield maybe Evans in front of a back four but then Pritchard and Embleton behind a front three i mean that that's going to give us so much more options flexibility it's going to give us that creativity behind behind you know two wide players and what looks like to be Stewart up front so it it's not necessarily it's not necessarily going to be Pritchard or Embleton in some games especially home games it could be Embleton and Pritchard behind that yeah. front three so I just think, and it's, maybe
1: McGeady as well. You know, that's quite a creative midfield, isn't it?
0: Exactly. I just, I just think that flexibility could be could be fantastic if if you get at the business end of the season and we're we're yeah. looking at You know, fifteen minutes left, nil nil at home to trying to think who didn't go down. Someone shite who didn't go down. What <laughs> one, one of those teams? And and you know, you, <laughs> you need you need those players to to unlock the door.
1: Yeah, and on the goal as well. And Ross Stewart. It was a great movement and finish. I'm I'm so glad he scored because there was. A few people sort of doubting him on social media, saying he's not going to be able to replace Charlie White. And we've actually had a question from Chris Day. He asks is Ross Stewart the answer to letting twenty-five goal Charlie White leave. I think, I think again, as I've just said about Embleton, it's a, it's a sort of a marker from from him as to what he's capable of. Same with Stewart, isn't it? You know, we've seen seen that he's able to get on the end of these passes and get into good positions and. Finish.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we spoke about them. Uh, last week as well, didn't we? With with Phil and I, I mean, I don't think he will score twenty five goals, but I don't think he's expected to. If you know what I mean by that, like I think he, if he gets yeah. fifteen to twenty, I'll be over the moon with that. But I'm expecting you know Pritchard, Embleton, McGeady, Diamond all chip in. Luke 9 as well, who can score goals. So I'm expecting it to be a bit more of um you know a a few players getting ten to fifteen goals rather than just hoping that it's going to be the striker in Ross but. Ross Stewart's movement for that goal. I mean, a great ball by Elliot Lemmeldon, but you know the movement—it's a, a great touch and it's a great finish as well. Now, like you, I'm really, really pleased for him because he has been playing well without scoring in pre-season. That'll be again for confidence, uh, confidence-wise. He'll be he'll be on top now, so it'll be it'll be interesting.
0: I'm, I'm looking forward—I'm actually looking forward to the season. It's uh, the first time in a while. <laughs> I'm actually looking forward to it. <laughs> I don't think it's a case of trying to you know we're not trying to do like for like get some, you know Charlie White got 30 goals we need someone to get 30 goals that's not not how we we are going to be looking at it it's not how we should be looking at it and I'm pretty sure with Johnson and Speakman aren't writing that sort of thing down we must get one person to score 30 goals it's about getting it's about getting what 90 points to get automatic promotion yeah. that's that's the aim and it's it's about building a team to to Pick up points in every game, get those three points, get the, the points where you're struggling. It's not, you know, the, the, a few times Wake scored three or four goals in, in a couple of games. And all right, that's, that's fantastic. There's no denying that. You can't knock them for that. But the way we played in some games where we struggled because the ball came back too quickly and we gave away a goal and we lost two points or, or, or whatever, or we couldn't get a grip on a game. We need a different way of playing. And we're not just replacing the goals, we're replacing the way of playing and the goals have got to be spread around, like Ant said. So it's never going to be a like for like and that's not going to be the target of what, what we've been looking at this summer.
1: Yeah, and the other thing of note is that we had two two central midfielders again at full back. We'll come onto the recruitment side of it. But Carl Winchester at right back's actually looked all right. I'm not saying he's the long term solution, and but Carl Winchester at right-back has looked okay in pre-season. I mean, at once, Sarah Five has asked us thoughts on having Winchester at right-back. He looks solid enough. Like I say, I mean, for the first game, it's likely he's going to play there, isn't it? But long-term, what do you think? Him as a right-back, I'd rather he was just kept his back up personally, but... He looks alright, doesn't yeah, he?
2: He's he's done okay. Yeah, he he was okay on on yeah. Friday night. So uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not one for the you know square pegs and round holes again this season. You know what I mean? So I would like to see us sign a right back. Obviously, um, you know whatever's in the in the um, what irons are in the fire. We're not sure are we because it's been a little bit quiet in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, Gallagher was went to be coming and isn't coming anymore. Um, but he has done a good job and it's flexibility as well. I mean, I think with Carl Winchester, he's. I wouldn't have him in my midfield at the minute, you know. I think Corey Evans has nailed down that um, defensive midfielder position. So, but he is a good backer yeah. to have. But yeah, he's he's, he's done well. It, and I'd, I'd, I'd rather see him there than Luke because I'd rather O Nine get forward. You know what I mean? So, yeah, he's he's, he's done good. It's it's. I think there's been a lot of unfair criticism from him this week. You know, um, it was something put on on Twitter There was like a few pictures. Obviously, Max Powell there, Luke 09 there, and then Winchester. That's a bit unfair, Winchester. that, To be honest, but he's he's doing his best. He's do, he's done okay, so uh, fair play to him.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm in the same camp as you. I think he's he's done a job for the team, and although it's not ideal, we all know we need fullbacks. Like, there's nobody saying we mm-hmm. don't. But it is sometimes nice when a player drops in to help out in a position and they do well because it gives the manager sort of confidence. You know, like if we have any problems with injuries or if the right-back situation goes on for another three weeks, four weeks, like it could, because, you know, we've, we've got another month before the window shuts, that he can rely on Winchester to drop in there. And like you've just said, Ant, you know, he's not going to get in ahead of Evans if Evans is fit in that holding midfield position. So, you know, it's likely that his playing time over the next month's going to come at right-back. And it's good, in it, Chris, to be able to call upon players who... And, it, and I think Lee Johnson's touched on this. He, he quite likes the idea of just... Putting midfielders all over the park and saying how they do, like Dan Neil playing left back again, not a long term solution. Nobody is saying that, but doing all right there proves that if we need them to, they can play there. And as the season goes on, you know, if we end up in an injury situation like we did last year, that we have players who can fill in.
0: Yeah, that's it. I mean, and I'm I'm almost certain that uh, Carl Winchester and Dan Neil aren't someone who, when the team were looking at the squad in the lead up to the end of the season and in the summer they had not identified these players to play fullback. it's just that we've got an overload of midfielders who are comfortable on the ball and they kind of can slot in especially for these pre-season games where you're not you're not going to have you know the pressure's not on you're not talking about you're up against one on one and it's the difference between winning and losing a game whether you get the best of a winger or not and you know, Carl Winchester and Dan Neal are very comfortable on the ball and they can easily slot back into those sort of positions because when they're in possession, they're good in possession. And at full-back, they're not, you know, during these pre-season games, Winchester, when he got the goal, was it at Harrogate, he got the goal? Mm-hmm. You know, in a league game, he would have never have been in that position, I don't think, because he had free reign to, to get up and down. So they're not long-term solutions. I'd be amazed if we came into the kind of festive season and we had Carl Winchester and Dan Neal at full-back. It looks like with the Gallagher thing that Ant mentioned, we've been biding our time to get the right people in at fullback. I think with the way the team operates, we want specific attributes at fullback. I think fullback's a really important position in the way we want to play. Because we've got we're gonna yeah. push we're gonna push our wingers high up the pitch. And they're not gonna play as orthodox midfielders. So I think we want pace, we want energy, we want them to be fit, stamina up and down that the flanks. And I think we're waiting for the precise people we want. Um, yeah. And I think the Gallagher deal said everything that like pointed exactly to that because we thought, oh, actually, there's someone better who can do that job for us. Let's wait for it.
1: Yeah, I think that leads us nicely into the next segment I want to do on transfers and recruitment because we've had a boatload of questions on Twitter from people just around the subject of the transfer window. And Nathan Gunn's asked a good question. How are we in a position where we are less than a week away from the start of the season with no senior fullbacks? I'm all for waiting for the right players at the right prices, but this is leaving us painfully short. I'll just add in on this. I mean, like I said before, we all know we're desperate to bring players in. But if the rumour, I say rumour, it's pretty much been confirmed on the Nottingham side that we're after Gabriel, their right-back, who was on loan at Blackpool last season... Now, the problem is there that the club want him. They're willing to pay a lot of money for him. I think the price tag's around six hundred grand for this guy. But Notts Forest don't have another right-back. So he is their only right-back. They're not going to let him go now. Not unless we pay, you know, over the odds to get him. So the club are then in a situation where they're like, well, we want him. Forest are going to eventually sign some right-backs to free him up. Do we sign somebody now? Or do we sign him later in the window? I know we need probably two right backs but i i actually think um well i wonder whether johnson and speakman are looking at it and thinking we can get away with maybe just signing one right back are they maybe looking at it and think we we our backup in that position we don't need a specialist we'll go out and we'll sign gabriel for good money if that's who they're after and then worry about the backup sort of side of things later and you know if we get to january and we've realize we're desperate for a right back it's a it is a, an interesting one isn't it chris because like i say we clearly need two players in both positions but it's whether they're going to sort of allow us to go into the season i think our left back will probably sign two and one of them will be denver hume but yeah around that question from nathan how, how have we allowed ourselves to get in the situation do you think
0: well, I, I don't think it's a case of, of allowing ourselves like I've kind of just touched on. And the, the Winchester example that you gave there, I mean, you know, if you're looking at the Holden midfielder role, we've brought Evans in, Winchester's likely going to be that person who slots in if Evans picks up an injury, which, you know, let's say, all right, I think I think he's um, his injuries over the last year or so have been a bit strange, but let's say he does pick up an, an injury. Winchester, in theory, should slot straight in there. Now, if we go down the route you've been talking about, Gav, and we we lose that right back, you know. if We're bringing one first choice right back, and then he gets injured, and Evans is injured. Then we've got a problem because our hmm. our our backup right back. If you say Winchester needs to slot in there, we haven't got anyone to slot in for Evans, or we've got to put Dan Neal in. Who it looks like, you know, Lee Johnson wants to dictate when to bring Dan Neal in, rather than, oh, we've got two injuries. I have to put Dan Neal in for the next ten games. He doesn't want to do that, so. I, I just don't think with the sounds that are coming out of the club, we're going to go down that route where we're going to leave ourselves short in that way because two injuries, and if that happens for a couple of months, you've seen how much injuries affected us last month, sorry, last season, even for a month or so. Sanderson out for the end of the season, that's us in the playoffs, or you know a couple of other players picked up injuries. So I think we're, we're biding our time. And I think in some senses, I mean, people are going... Why didn't we get everything done early? And I wanted us to get everything done early. I was desperate for to to, to get all our signings done early. But you can look at that and say, well, actually, sometimes when people go early, is that not a sign of panicking? You know, rather than rather than wait until what we're doing and saying right. Instead of getting right, oh, actually, he's been he's been canny in League One and for the last couple of years. Let's just get him because we need somebody now. It's you know the eighth of July and we've got pre-season training coming. Instead of saying, well, actually, look, the window shuts 31st of August. So that's when we want our squad settled by. Yes, okay. ideally, it's going to be by the first game. But if we can't get our first or second choices in by that point, but we know we can get them 15th of August, 20th of August, 25th of August, then is it not worth waiting, even if that continues into the first three games? But we're going to see the benefits at Christmas. We're going to see the benefits in February, March. Yeah. At the end of the season, so I'd I prefer us instead of getting you know and quite how many times have we seen especially in League One that will fill our squad with plodders and then we can't get rid of them exactly. or to leave after a season. Let's let's buy the let's think about it. Buy the right players. Doesn't matter whether it's at the end of the window or whenever it is during the window. Just as long as by the end of the window we're in a decent place. Now I'm, I might be saying all this and come the first of September I might be saying oh shit we haven't got two fullbacks but. Let's just see where we are at the end of the window.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got confidence, and by the end of the window, that we'll have everything we need.
2: I think so. Yeah, I, I do think they, they are looking at the you know the right signings, aren't they? They're not just pan- they're not just panicking. I mean, on on the right back, left back issue, obviously the contract with Denver Hume's just gone on far too long, hasn't it? You know that needs sorting out. Obviously, I think he's given him a week, hasn't he? He wants a decision made, so we're going to get a decision year yeah. or near. By the first game of the season, so at least that's going to be out the way. Personally, for me, I, I would have looked at maybe keeping Conor McLaughlin just for another year because they knew they were going to you know, there would be a shorter right back or a left back or something like that just as a backup. But you know, he was to be honest, he wasn't great. So I'm I'm quite confident anyway. I think you know the the start of the season that we've got it, it's not overly difficult, is it? You know what I mean? Obviously, Wigan's going to be a hard game um the first game of the season, but. It's not necessarily playing all the top teams in the first month, so we can probably get away with it. But it's we've just got to put the trust in Johnson and Speakman. You know, they know what they're doing. And we've just got to put our trust in. Be a little bit more patient. And I was saying this every week, be patient, be patient. But I'd, ra- mm-hmm. I'd rather at the end of the window have in the right play instead of just panicking early and getting, you know, like what Chris has said, we've, we've, we've tried it with Plodders yeah. and it hasn't worked. So we're trying something different. So we just need to... Just have patience, I think.
1: Just uh, on that word, patience, Joe Hughes has asked, I'd like you to discuss the lack of patience shown by a subsection of the fan base.
0: <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Thoughts on that, Chris? Well, Do you want to go down that well, rabbit hole? Just just quickly, just quickly, and I'll, I'll go down. Um, well, I might try and avoid the rabbit hole, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted to say, though, and you mentioned Conor McLaughlin. And honestly, I think that's exactly the type of signing we're trying to avoid.
2: Mm, probably, yeah, yeah.
0: You know, you know, you, you see, I mean the I mean people are going mad about Piggott, which I still I still don't get, and all this but it's players like that who've had half decent seasons in the lower leagues. And I just think that if you look at this players, I mean Pritchard Pritchard Evans and Doyle, right? If you look at those three, we're looking at players who are a level above the McLaughlin's, above the Danny Graham's. Yeah. We're looking at we're looking at we're looking at a group of players who are better than those plotters. And I want us to see, I want us to look in that group exclusively. I don't want us to see, I don't want the McLaughlins of the world signing for us again. And, and I think that they're taking their time to avoid that because there's tons of McLaughlins on the market, Yeah. but they yeah. haven't bought any. And I think that's a, that's a, I think that's a brilliant sign. Go, maybe going to the patience question, that, that comes into it, that would people be happier if we'd signed more Connor McLaughlins and Danny Grahams, if we'd signed six or seven, but they were all of that level? Would people be happier... Then if we got to this point now on the 1st or 2nd of August, start of August, and, you know, in four weeks time, three and a half weeks time, whatever, we come out with two, maybe two signings at uh, right and left back who are maybe signings like Doyle coming from Premier League, you know, you know, academies who are just as good as Doyle at right back, Mm -hmm. quick, energetic, up and down the wings. And we get another, maybe another striker, another midfielder or whatever, Uh, but we get the right players. I'd rather go down that route because I think those type of players, the McLaughlins, and Danny Graham's, are ten a penny, and we could have done that already. So I'm I'm happy being patient in the hope because it's not confirmed, but in the hope that we're going down that route rather than the usual one.
2: To be like, to touch on that as well, Chris, about the you know everyone's signing, everyone you know what I mean in League One because there's a lot of like Ipswich have gone out and signed a lot of players, and that's I think that's why people are getting a little bit you know oh a sign signing this that and the other, but. I would say there's only two players I'm actually quite jealous of other teams sign, and one of them's Lewis Wing, who's got to Sheffield Wednesday. But would he have got in at Sunderland? You know what I mean? He's a, like a winger. Uh, we've got McGeady, we've got Good, We're quite, you know, we're quite okay in that position.
1: Just on that end, just on that end. Sorry to butt in, but the Jebison link shows the type of wide player yes. we're looking for. Because he's he's a centre forward who can play wide because he's got yeah. pace. We're not looking for a wing like if, Lewis Wing's a good player. But we've already got, like you say, McGeady. We've already got Gooch. Those are wingers mm. that we've already got. So you're dead right. Like we're we're not looking down that that line. No, that and
2: then the only other signing that I would have probably said I'd have him at is that chaplain who from uh, from Barnsley. And um, he was a cover. He wasn't. He scored against us. Give it the Biggins, didn't he, in the five four game? Yeah. And I think he's a good player. But the rest of them, like Piggs, Piggs, League. He's a League One strike. He's a plodder. You know, I'm not. I don't want him at Sunderland. To be totally honest with you. So you know, I'm quite. I'm quite happy with. Obviously, we've signed Doyle. I mean, Doyle looks tremendous from what we've seen so far. Uh, Corey Evans has come in, done a job in all the games that I've seen. It looks very, very confident, very comfortable playing in League One uh, level. And Pritchard, we're yet to see, but an eleven million pound player at, at one point. So you know, th- this is going to improve the squad massively. And I think Chris has actually hit the nail on the head. There made me look quite silly, with me, with me, McLaughlin comment, totally honestly. Yes, so, um, <laughs> well, you know, I think good. it's, a, I think it's a great point. I think he's made an absolutely fantastic point there. So yeah. Let's just calm down, you know the, what I mean?
1: The, <laughs> <laughs> the um the only other signing I would say out there that made me a little bit envious is Edmundson who's went to Ipswich. Ah,
2: yes, I ah,
1: um but then they've paid a million quid for him mm-hmm. and he's a he's a young centre half that paid a million quid and he did to be honest at range has, he didn't even get a look in. So there's a little bit of doubt over whether he's good enough to be a million pound player, really. Whereas you look at say what we've done, we've gone for Doyle on loan, he hasn't cost us anything yet is a good player clearly like i'm i'm quite happy to put my neck on the line now and say he is going to be good enough in league 1 it's quite oh, evident wow. from what we've seen so far that even though he's 17 year old he plays like an old head you know what i mean um so i, I think actually what this is a good point to say this really I think Sun and fans just need to stop judging us against other teams because Ipswich and Wigan are in totally different situations to us. Like Ipswich got beat at the weekend in a pre season. I know we say they don't count for anything. Ipswich got beat 3 0. And their manager came out after the game and said, Well, we've got all these players to come in. I listened to his interview and he said he was quite lackadaisical about it. But they've got a lot of adjusting to do Ipswich because their squad. Was ripped to pieces at the end of the season Haven't had a very good time in League One so far They're in a different sort of headspace to Sunderland um, Likewise Wigan Wigan have been through hell the last couple of years And they're just coming back out and, and rebuilding Whereas actually Sunderland's core squad I, I, I would say is is good And it's about adding quality to it Rather than I know we look like we haven't got a lot of numbers and But then you look at the players we have got And you think Well if those players were signing for Ipswich or Wigan Then I'd be envious like, if Aidan McGeady was signing for a rival in this league, I'd be jealous. So other teams will look at Sunderland and see Aidan McGeady re-signing this season and think, mm-hmm. shit, he's a good player at this level. Luke 09 re-signing his contract. I know, like you've just touched on earlier, got his doubters um, amongst our fans. But for me, I think he's fantastic. I think he's a championship-level player who can play a number, number of positions, still a good age, um, brilliant attitude, works his socks off for the team. If he was signing for a, a rival, I'd be yeah. jealous. So then I look at these players in our squad and I think we've got to be quite happy with what we've already got. And then you add to that the good young players who are starting to prove themselves. Embleton, who's been away on loan and come back, clearly going to be good enough. Um, I like what I see from Dan Neil. I think Patterson, although, although apparently you know, wasn't too great on Friday night, but I like what I've seen from him and I think he's going to be good competition for Burge, which means we don't have to sign another goalkeeper all of these things you know add together, and I think actually' we've, we're all right, like we've played all right in pre season, we've played some decent stuff, which indicates that what we've got already is good, and we just need to add quality to it, and that's when that patience thing comes in. I think people are just so used to Sunderland going out and signing six players who they've heard of every summer that when this club actually turn around this year and say, you know as with this year what we're going to do is we're gonna we're gonna bring in some players." Good players, like you, you explained it away brilliant Chris Players that are actually going to improve the team But then to complement that Instead of filling the squad with your McLaughlins With your Danny Grahams With your Remy Matthews Nah, you're bringing Dan Neil, You're bringing Embleton You're bringing Patterson Who are all, you know, potentially good players And instead of paying somebody two, three grand a week To sit on the bench Who you know is not going to be good enough To to make the step up You actually gamble on your academy players And say, this is the reason we've got a fucking Cat 1 academy. Like, why has Sunderland never done this? Why have we never looked at that academy and said, this has to be eventually a production line of top players for the squad? And the situation we're in at the minute, we're in League 1. We're not, you know, when you go into the Championship and the Premier League, especially, and that's why this maybe hasn't happened in the past, it becomes a lot more difficult to bring those players in and give them a proper chance. Whereas in League 1, there's gonna be there's gonna be opportunities for Dan Neil to play this season. There's gonna be opportunities for Patterson to play in the checker trade games and the cup games and get his feet in there. And if Burge if Burge struggles or he has an injury, he'll be ready to just jump in, you know, seamlessly. You don't have to bed a new player in. This kid's been in this club for how long? They know exactly what it's like to play for Sunland. So I think I I always say this, I just think people have got to widen their perspective a little bit because it's going to be very different this year We're going to be introducing a lot more youth To the team And that might be from Premier League clubs It might be from Championship clubs Loaning us the players But I'm so open-minded about this I've I've never felt as clear about something I think this is the right way to go 100%. And when the Premier League starts That is when these players are going to become available I touched on this in the last podcast There's lads playing in pre-season For the Man Uniteds, the Chelsea's The Man Cities, Liverpool's, etc, etc, etc in pre-season, who aren't going to be anywhere near that twenty-three come the season starting, and that's why they're not available now. And I think when Lee Johnson's talking in the past about it being stagnant, that's exactly what he's talking about. It's I know it's difficult people people are struggling to sort of come to terms of what why we haven't got this player, why we haven't got that player, and that's why it's because they're just being very very patient, and it's a big ask, ask asking you know. However many hundred thousand Sunderland fans to be just as patient and to buy into it. Which leads us on to the next question. I know I've rambled up for a bit there. Um Andy Lynn asked us on Twitter, why do you think the comms from the club are so poor these days? Right? Now, he has a point because
0: no.
1: we haven't heard a great deal from the guys at the top, no. and some might say we don't need to hear from them. Um but I just I, I think I think this all sort of the the way they're trying to operate clearly hasn't been explained in the way enough and I don't know who it has to come from um, for the penny to drop so is it a case of we let we let things sort of play out Chris or d- it could could the club help I guess in the sense that they could allay fears by sort of talking or is it again is this something that we've done wrong in the past because Stuart Donald was all over Twitter wasn't he sort of playing playing down fears and that, look how that ended we, we ended up paying 4 million for Will Greg.
0: Yeah, I, I was. It's funny. I had a smile on my face when you were when you were doing your monologue there. That you know, <laughs> you, but you were talking about saying you know the way we need really to do some things and I, and I was honestly thinking about you know the comments that people have made about well why doesn't the club come out and explain exactly where we're going and what what we're doing and all this sort of stuff. Like y- y- we're going to see that y- you can see that already. You can see that the three players we've signed are better than what we've got. So clearly they're looking for players who are better than what we've got. They're not looking for the worst thing they could have done was, was as soon as the season finished, um, look at players who would just fill the squad with players who've got League One experience. It was the worst thing they could have done. So they didn't do it. They brought in players who uh, look, you know, from what we've seen in pre-season, a level above. So they've shown us their plan. They might not come out and say it in an interview. They might not come out. or by the, they might not come out saying we want to make an announcement to the fans. We're looking for players better than we've got. So, like, well, right? I mean, why should they come out and say <laughs> say something? You know, I mean, it's clear what what they're trying to do, I and mean, why why should you know they come out and say, oh yeah yeah. Well, you know, we've we will definitely sign a fullback by Saturday. I mean, who you know they they're obviously working on it. They've been working on it all summer. They've they know they've got a plan, and look we'll see it when it comes to the start of the season when it comes to the window we'll see exactly what they're doing and there's no need for them to come out and explain every every part of the way you know when the window shuts i'm sure the club within 48 hours will have a podcast with speakman with johnson saying yeah. right okay the this is what we're doing. This is our thinking behind it. We've brought these players in. These players are going to get a chance. We've now got a pathway for the academy players because we're creating a pathway instead of just saying, well, okay, there's no chance unless you really, really impress us or whatever. Or, you know, They're going to tell us about all of this in good time. But now they're busy. Just <laughs> let, let them, them get, get on, on with it. the jobs, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the,
1: the, only, the only thing I would add to that really is that when, when these pre-season games are being played, the press are in front of Johnson asking him the, the questions around recruitment, which he, he isn't doing. I don't think personally he's done a very good job trying to explain what's going on. Mm, he, yeah. And he, he sometimes struggles to, which it might seem strange because he is quite an articulate bloke, but I think he he struggles sometimes to articulate what he, what he actually means. And maybe that's not been particularly useful. I just wonder, and I'm not saying they should definitely do this. I'm just wondering whether they, they could maybe take a little bit of that pressure off him and, I don't know what they could do though to be fair like you've just said it right there what could they really do they're not going to come and do a podcast and 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 I don't think they're going to start leaking stories through the press which is the traditional old fashioned way isn't it to to a just throw a few dodgy transfer rumours out of the local journals and hope people it comes people down until we actually sign someone it's going to be a struggle and really isn't it to convince people until they actually see see the proof on the pitch which will be you know, new players clicking very quickly. I imagine. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's 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 a funny
2: thing, isn't it? Because when obviously when Donald was doing the whole Twitter stuff, everyone was like begging him to get off Twitter. And now, because we haven't signed anyone <laughs> for a couple of weeks, we're now wanting communications from the club. It's a, it's a little bit strange. But um, I I I I totally get what you mean about Johnson with his press conferences because he has been. It looks as if he would rather talk about anything bar silence. I, I don't think that. To be honest, it's not his area, is it? Because Speakman's doing all that, isn't it? that obviously going yeah. cherry picking the players and and things like that. So I think Johnson really just wants to focus on managing the players of what he's got at the minute. So for me, I, I, again, I think Chris hit the nail on the head. Just let them get on, let them let them do the jobs, and then you know we can we can rightfully if by the end of August, if we haven't started well and we haven't filled these positions, then that's the time to have a pop. Not now. Not like a week before the season uh starts, you know, we've had a decent pre-season, play some very good football. You know, just let's just wait and see at the minute, you know, let's wait and see what happens instead of just like we're very, very easy. And I know it's it's very easy to jump on this, you know, negativity bandwagon. And I, I you know at all four season in League One, yes, we haven't signed as many players as people would have liked, but just have a bit of just calm down a bit. I mean that's my message I really want to give to everybody. <laughs> Just take a breath, you know, calm down. You know, we've we've had like a year of, we're nearly two years of not seeing our football club. We're going to go back on Saturday for the first time in, you know, what, 18, 19 months. And everyone's whinging on because we haven't signed a right back. No, just enjoy yourselves. You know, it's, just,
1: it's crazy. So the the overriding message there was tack a breath.
2: <laughs> I feel like you know tack remember Harry Anfield and Chums back in the nineties and had them three spells. Calm down. I feel like that all the time when I'm on Twitter. I'm like, well, just calm down, everybody. Just you know the time to have a go at them. And I will probably join in in this. Is if at the end of August, if we, we still haven't addressed the fullback issue and we've had a bad, not a great start of the season then fair enough, I think them, you know, comments are probably welcome there, we're not welcome, but they're probably fair, whereas now, just, yeah. like I say, just, I, there's so much, like, and I don't want to, like, go into the whole COVID thing, but there's so much of, like, you need to get things in perspective of what we've actually missed in the last 18 months, you know, going going to the matches with, you know, your pals, and I go with my dad all the time, I've not, I've not sat next to my dad for, like, a year and a half at the stadium, had a pint and all that, you know what I mean? That's what I'm more looking forward to as the season starts. The match the experience and, and hopefully 90 minutes on Saturday some good football and we win 1-0 or 2-0 or whatever. You know, just for, let's, let's think mm. about the football side of things you know what I mean? Instead of like having a pop at speak because we haven't signed a right back or a left back. You know, the, the, the will sign one. You know, they will do that. It's not, it's, they're not, Stupid people. They're not like going to say, "Oh, we don't need one." You know, "Oh, we're happy with Carl Winchester playing right back and Dan Mayor left back." That's not going to be the case at the end of January. So just yeah, just I like I say, take <laughs> <laughs> a breath.
1: That's uh that's probably a good point to end on. Actually, all three of us have had a had a little rant, <laughs> and I'm positive yeah. for a well, team. I think that's a good point to end on. <laughs> um, we've we've went on a while now. I'm not going to talk about the game at the weekend because. We'll have a preview pod coming up before the end of the week, so that'll be nice. I think you're taking that one, Chris. So everyone can hear your lovely voice again before the weekend. Um but yeah, thanks lads for joining us. I think we've got a lot of our chess. Yeah, we have that's oh, quite yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love
0: I love markets, mate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but yeah, there's been a few in this tack of breath. And I love more. I'm, Actually, I think I said I was a right market nonce, didn't I? So that might, yeah, we'll, I don't think you're going to get away with putting the word nonce in a pod title, like, so I don't think that's advisable, Sean. Um, but yeah, okay, cheers, lads. Thanks for joining cheers, us. Like I say, we'll be back before the game at the weekend, so make sure you refresh your podcatcher If you're like me and you hate the new iPhone pod app, Just throw it away and use Spotify or Acast or whatever else because there's a million other options out there. Um, But, yeah, we'll be back before the weekend, so we will catch you then. See you later. You ever beat one, Mark, but Danny? (laughs) (laughs) When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers.